Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dudes, my dudettes, how y'all doing? Simon here, back on Simon's Valley Trip Podcast. So, today, we're talking about failure. And I'm going to start with the definition found in the, in the Webster, Webster uh, Dictionary, thesaurus. Failure. First definition. A mission of performance of an action or task. Related words. Default. Delinquency. Neglect. Oversight. Laxity. Negligence. Slackness. Indifference. Unconcern. Second definition. Lack of satisfactory performance or effect. Related words. Defeat. Insuccess. Non-success. Unsuccess. Unsuccessfulness. Shortcoming. Deficiency. Deficit. Third definition. The one that has failed. Related words, inferiority, weakness, bomb, bummer, bust, dud, flop, lemon, loser, botch, fiasco, fizzle, hash, muddle, washout, has been, might have been. All negative, all bad. So, my two questions relating failure is, number one, why failure has such a negative impact in our lives every time we face failure, when it shouldn't, but why does it have that impact? Second question, why is it so hard for us to use failure as a point of reset, as a point of growth, as a point where we have gained wisdom and experience that's going to prepare us better for our next opportunity? That's what we should do with failure, but we don't. Why? Why is it so hard? Why every time we face an episode where we're not victorious, where, when we're not standing on the podium, where we're not holding that gold medal, that first place, that boyfriend or girlfriend tag, that... CEO title, manager title, why? Instead of looking at it as, okay, I'll work harder next time, I'll do whatever, it just beats us down. It drags us down, it gives us that sense of self-loathe and like unworthiness. It totally trumps our ego. 
which is it's something very very dangerous how our ego sneaks in there every time that there are grades promotion etc and sneaks in there just looking for that attention and that power and if you get it if you get a good grade if you ace a test you walk like you're the shit like you're the fucking king of the world i remember when i was going to med school and every time we had to go and check on the board for the physiology test results there was not many guys and gals that walked out of looking uh, those results like puffing their chest up because they really fucking destroyed us on that subject and a lot of people most of us were deflated just like how much do you have to fucking study for this why do we have to like limit our lives just to study this shit so we can never pass and some people they were just kind of mentally prepared for the failure they were ready for it they're like okay i'll take care of my other subjects my other classes past those i'll drag this one and then next year i'll take a shot at at the test again see if i pass but like i said most of us were so discouraged so sad and like i said it's it was more about the ego <clears throat> because at some point also we had that sense of entitlement for each test it was i have never studied like this in my life i've never studied this amount of time i've never dedicated so many hours to this test just so i can go and fail it and that's the ego right there telling you you did enough you deserve it just go so they can hand it to you maybe it's the approach your approach or our approach was wrong when studying that subject maybe we're bad testers what doesn't mean that we're stupid or we don't know anything about physiology maybe we weren't good testers for what they were asking so that's basically not our fault because we are the testers that the system designed through elementary and high school to prepare you for college or university so when we talk about when i talk about uh the system designed we have testing which is the way that most of us relate to defeats and victory of course we also get involved in sports at um some age and there too if we are in a competitive sport you can feel the taste of um defeat and victory 
So testins run through elementary school, high school, college, all the master degrees, doctor's degrees. If you keep going through the system, whatever career you are, um, wh whichever field you are in, you're going to get tested and tested and tested and tested. So grades are a very weird way to measure our index of success. It's numbers that really don't represent our knowledge, who we are, and how we are going to react and determine situation. If the system of testing is the multiple options and you don't have a correction factor and excuse me if that term is not familiar I don't know which would be the the term in the correct term in English if it's not a correction factor but back uh, home in Venezuela we had a correction factor four to one so that means that for each four wrong answers, they're going to take away one of your good answers. So actually four wrong answers equals five wrong answers. Not everybody's going to go into that test and be like, oh, I'll just take a wild guess here. If you're not prepared, you're going to leave a bunch of questions unanswered because you're not going to take that risk. But if you're ballsy and you take the risk, you can actually score higher than what your knowledge is because you're just guessing. And that number does not represent your true knowledge. And even when you do know the content of the questions and you can go and ace the test it really doesn't mean that you know all of that it can mean that you just memorized it for the test but it doesn't mean that you have like that that grip that grasp of knowledge of the subject and you can like swim in it be like water in it. You don't know. You just memorize it for a test. So your true knowledge, it's not expressed in those numbers that you have those grades. Promotions, promotions are or not succeeding to get a promotion are that's an ego deflator um, for whatever reason it could happen sometimes companies go around promising promotions and bonuses and all this kind of incentives and then after the employees put their the work on and everything they're like oh uh, sorry we don't have budget I think we did the numbers wrong there so you guys ain't getting shit 
as a matter of fact, just happened to my sister, where they were promised a bonus of 14%, I think it was, and she got 4%. And just no reason, no justification for it. Just, hey, you're not getting 14, you're getting 4, so take it or leave it, you know? But if you don't get those promotions, promotions that maybe you think you deserve, and once again, the ego telling you, you deserve this, you've earned it, you work the hardest, you're the best, just go and get it. Go and expect to receive it, and you're not, you're not going to get it. Not because you suck, or you're bad, or you're a failure. Different circumstances. Sometimes we don't um, control all the variables. So not all the time we're going to get the results that we want, even if we work hard. Because there are some external variables that we don't, we don't control, so we can't control the outcome of a certain situation. <clears throat> but the system is designed to make you feel like a failure if your level of success is not demonstrated or shown by the amount of money that you make. So basically, in America, to be successful, nowadays you have to be literally just fucking rich. If you're middle class, if middle class still exists, and you tell people that you're successful, they, they want to hear all the zeros and how much you make a year. What do you do? If you tell them I'm successful because I run a yoga business, a personal training business, I'm about to open a restaurant, I run my own music business, I do the po this uh, podcast, and I do it just for fun. I don't have sponsors. I don't have investors. Nobody's paying me to do this shit. I just do it because I want to, and that makes me happy as fuck. Then they start asking, how much money does the yoga studio brings you? How much does the music business brings you in? How much does the personal training brings you in? And if you don't say 100, 200, 300, oh, I reckon, you know, after taxes, 400,000 a year or something like that, you're not successful. If you're not driving a fucking Tesla or an Audi or some shit like that, you're not successful. People can't see that because that's how the system is designed. Money is success. You cannot be successful if you don't have money. That's how the system is designed.
success, money, and happiness. Everybody wants to bind those three together. If you are successful, it means that you are rich. And if you are rich, it means that you are happy. Because you have money, you can buy it all, and you have no worries. Which is total bullshit. Because the more money you have, the more responsibilities you're going to have. Even if you're just like a crazy rock star. For example, uh, Travis Meek, lead singer of the band uh, Days of the New. They were fucking huge during the 90s. They were like... uh, They were on that grunge movement, but they were very peculiar because they... Very particular because they... They were stripped down, acoustic. I think there were two or three acoustic guitars in the band with acoustic bass, drums, and then Travis fucking glorious vocals. That guy becomes super successful, worldwide, worldwide successful, famous, lots of money, smokes crack, never comes back the guy gets fucking hooked on crack meth all kinds of shit and then this guy right successful because his band was known all around the world with great fucking music he wrote amazing music he's rich because they caught that last wave of record sales And he's supposed to be happy, right? But he wasn't. As a matter of fact, he he is a drug addict. He will always be a recovering drug addict. If you have a chance, check uh, the show Intervention. I think it's on A&E. And there's an episode with, um, with Travis. Very, very gut-wrenching, because just like I said um, on the podcast dedicated to Chris Cornell, as a musician, as a fan of music, and as a person that has played for crowds, and that the biggest dream is to play those big crowds and literally make every single person in the arena feel something so intense you would say I will swap my life in a second with a guy like Travis or Chris and you don't even know what those guys are going through because now that yes you are rich you're famous you're successful everybody wants a piece of you you have so much more responsibility Imagine how a day in the life of someone like Adele has to be. It has to come 
a point in time where you're like, dude, this this shit is ridiculous. I can't go out to do nothing without a fucking camera in my face. And that is the price that you have to pay, right? But if those guys never made it, if Travis Meek was never in a super famous rock band, Chris Cornell was never in Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog and Audio Slave. If Adele didn't make all this music and win all these prizes and be super rich, there would be failures. Nobody would give them the respect and the time because they play the open mic circuits or acoustic singer-songwriter showcases around. In the eyes of a lot of people, you'll be a failure. It's like, oh yeah, he's great. How long has he been doing it? Ten years? Oh, and he's still not famous? He's still a nobody? That guy's a bum. That guy's a failure. You should try to do something else. It's about time to hang the guitar. And that's how the system operates. That's how the system tricks you into believing that if you don't have money, you are not successful. Therefore, you shouldn't be happy. And you're a failure. And once again, that's bullshit. I have a very, very dear friend. Actually, I want to say there's three very dear friends in the same place. The place which I just started working at, teaching music. And some people will look at those guys and ask, and let probably ask themselves how and why are these guys so happy all the time because they don't drive fancy cars they're not rich famous or anything but what they do in life is more than any politician in the state of California has ever done for the state of California. When you teach music and you teach music to kids or to people of all ages that suddenly at 45, 50 want to pick up a guitar and say, you know what? I want to learn how to play because when I go out and see people playing or when I see my favorite bands, I have this cocktail of emotions that I don't know where they're coming from. And I, I want to feel that. I want to feel how it feels to make people feel that. You dig? And I've been fortunate to step into that place and begin my journey into teaching kids. And because of that job, when I see the impression 
on a kid's face when they learn a song or when these kids have this raw talent and they're just spitting it out right in front of you, singing their hearts out. Man, it gives me chills, but it makes me so fucking happy. And it also makes me so fucking hopeful for the world because we have tons of kids that have music appreciation. There are embarking in this journey of power and love and hope and happiness that that that's music man it's fucking amazing and if you are a musician if you are a musician at any level it doesn't matter what status you have local rock star, regional rock star, national rock star, worldwide rock star. If you make music because that's what makes you happy, you're one successful cat. And I appreciate you and I fucking love you for doing it. And everybody that's out there that's doing it, like these three friends, they they make me so happy and i love them so much because that happiness spreads out wherever they go wherever they play wherever they talk about music and i've been lucky enough to to get a hold of it and put it like inside me and now watch this watch these kids turn into just musical monsters right in front of, <clears throat> in front of my eyes every single day that I go and teach there or I see them teaching or I see them playing it's just amazing and that is very important right now in the world the power of music the power of love the power of hope the power of understanding each other and being able to talk to each other without having to fight or insult each other because that is right now the failure of humanity not being able to talk something out it has to be all expressed with animosity with physicality with imposition and in that sense we are we are really failing we have to get better at that shit we have to be nicer we have to stop being assholes we have to love ourselves a little bit more be compassionate towards ourselves so that way we can love others and be compassionate towards others So get used to the system design, unless you want to rebel, and do your own shit, you know? Fuck the 9 to 5, fuck societal view, fuck the shame that people want to put on you because, oh, you didn't finish school, oh, you didn't pass that test, oh, you didn't get that job. 
you know, don't don't let all that shit create that anxiety that can lead you, you know, to feelings of rejection by your peers or coworkers because that can end up very bad. It can end up in isolation, can turn into depression. Don't don't let that shit get to you. Everybody fails, everybody falls. Everybody I don't know a single person in my life that has not had to step back, has not had to just reassess the situation and, like Jaco says, recalibrate, fucking dust off and keep going. Because we're going to fail. We're going to keep failing until the day we, we, we leave this world or leave this physical body. We're going to fail. It's inevitable. Especially if we're taking risks all the time. You take a risk, there might be a reward at the end of the tunnel. There, there might not be a reward. It's probably a, a wall. Instead of a light, there's a wall. And you hit your head against that wall. And you say, what now? Well... You can try to break that fucking wall down. Or you can walk back. Try to jump it. Try to find another exit through the way you came. But you can't stay down. You can't stay in front of that wall looking at it like, now what? You just have to keep fucking going. A lot of people, even in their own success, consider themselves failures because they have been made, you know, made made believe by other people that before they were successful, they were just failures, they were just losers. Why are you doing that? Why don't you just go back to school? You're a fucking dropout playing the guitar. What's wrong with you? And then, when they became successful, not even the ego trip of rubbing it in some people's face like, oh, what's up, bitch? Multi-platinum records, Grammy awards, mansions, girls, everything. Not even that can make them happy afterwards. And that's maybe because... They kept playing music not because they loved to, but only to show other people. You don't need to show nothing to anybody. The one and only person you need to show something is yourself. And what you need to show yourself is some fucking love. You need to love yourself. Encourage yourself daily on a daily basis, every single day. Do affirmations. You fall, you get up. You fall four times, you get up five. If we stay down, we're going to get beat down. Got to get up. Got to get up and 
always easier said than done, but every single thing we should see it as. It didn't go my way. It wasn't meant to go my way. I just lost a um, a bid to put my food business in a food hall that's going to open soon I think by yeah by fall I believe in the area of uh, Temecula I lost the bid we kind of knew that we were going to not going to be included in the project by an email that the the developer sent us and uh my wife had a conversation with a guy and then she told me like Sounds like 80% no, 20% maybe. And I said, all right, it doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that we're not going to do it. It doesn't mean that we're not going to open our business. It just means that we're not going to open it with them. And fuck it, keep pushing. I got yoga classes to give. I got music classes to give. I got people to train. I got gigs to play, I got my kids to play, my daughters, I got my beautiful wife that supports me on everything. Out of all the shit that I do, one thing didn't go my way, big fucking deal. Keep pushing, we'll find a way. When there's a will, there's a way to do things, you know, and... We'll just reassess the situation, start looking for a store, and boom. In a blink of an eye, everybody in Temecula is going to be eating Venezuelan food, baby. Arepas. Oh, jeez. Wait till you get a hold of that. So, the second question that I have, or that I formulated for this, excuse me, episode was, why don't we use failure as as a point of reset and growth, as a point where we are gaining wisdom and experience towards better preparation for our next opportunity, right? Why don't we do that when we should? Why can't we grow from our failures? And that's, I think that when you don't grow from your failures, that's when you don't appreciate your success. If you just keep doing it and beating your head against that wall because somebody else told you or because somebody else made you feel like a loser, then when you finally accomplish what you were looking for, you're really not going to appreciate it because you didn't do it for you. You did it for someone else. To prove them wrong or to rub it in their face, whatever the fuck it was. But it wasn't for you. So that success is there, but it doesn't mean shit. Because you probably didn't even want it. You were probably cool doing whatever you were doing. But just 
because your friends or your family, they were driving nicer cars or they had nicer houses or had the chance to have nicer things, they made you feel like you were a loser. And you went and got all this success for them, not for you. You stop loving yourself in order to show other people what you were able to do. We can't, um, we can't even celebrate or embrace little victories. We can't translate those into success. We're programmed to be all or nothing. All or nothing. I want it and I want it all and I want it now. Everybody that has achieved something in life has gone step by step, by step, by step, by step. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he's not where he's at because he just showed up one day in Hollywood and say, I'm here to make movies. Fucking put me in a movie and that's it. Dwayne Johnson had a bunch of setbacks. A huge one when he got cut from his team and he was sent home and he had $7 in his fucking pocket. When his biggest dream was to play in the NFL and it didn't happen, the guy takes a look at those $7 in his bank account and he says this is the last fucking time that I'm going to be broke like this not anymore what he's done it's admirable and once again it's not that he is successful because he makes all this money he has this social status and he's a celebrity it's because of how he embraces it and how every day and of course thanks to social media we get now a closer view to the lives of these guys but when you see guys like him guys like Gary V those guys are working non-stop every single day and one of the things that they say is I have to work harder harder and harder every day because if people are watching me and see what I have they're gonna want it so when they start working harder 
I have to work the hardest. But it's all little by little, little by little, little by little, step by step, step by step. We forget the pro progress and the flow of life. That first, we can't even crawl. Then they start putting us on our belly. Then we crawl. Then we walk. Then we start to run. And then we learn how to ride bikes. We learn how to drive cars. Some people learn how to fly planes. But everything has to be step by step. Step by step. We have to learn how to transform little victories into rays of success. Keep our momentum. Keep going. Keep kicking. Keep pushing. And if there's a setback, dust off, get up, and let's fucking go. Little victories, see the failures also. Every step back, as a, see it like that. It's oh, a little mishap. I'm going to be back. A little victory, little victory, little victory, little victory. Everything's good. We got momentum. We're growing. We're building. Boom, little step back. It's okay. We keep going. We keep going. And very important, all these little victories that we transform into success are only possible if we are happy, and we should be happy because we are doing what we fucking want and love to do. Not because we're doing what we have to do. There's something that people also create. They like lock themselves in this box and do the nine to five or the corporate job or whatever it is. And they forget about, let's call them extracurricular activities. Like if you used to play the guitar or you were a good painter, a good drawer, you like to do like graphic design, computer stuff your job has nothing to do with any of that, you totally stop. And forget that. And then you start realizing, I'm making so much fucking money and I'm not happy. Why? I tell you why. Because that guitar in the guest room it's piled with dust because you haven't played it in five years. Because those blank canvases and all those brushes and all that paint have not been touched in years. Because that surfboard is piled up into a bunch of shit that you have in your garage. Because you're not doing what you love. 
or because you have a business idea. But, oh, I work 9 to 5 every single day. And then on the weekends, I just need to decompress and go out and drink and chase ass and all that. You have to embrace the suck of the system, but you also have to embrace your passion. If you're chasing the money, embrace the suck of the system. If you want to be happy and you want to have balance, you have to do the things that you love, the things that make you happy. And you have to let that ego down. When you love something, you'll do it over and over and over and over and over and over till you master it. That's how you become a great guitar player. That's how you become a great soccer player, a great jiu-jitsu player. You repeat. You hone your skills. This music scale. Bam, bam, bam. Dribbles with the ball. Agility drills. Jiu-jitsu. Takedowns. Drill, 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 arm bars, drill a thousand fucking times. That's how you become a master and not only a craft, but a master in your own success. When you're doing what you love and you do it all the time or as much as you can. And just because you have a 9 to 5, it doesn't mean that you cannot keep doing these things. If you're a musician or you used to be a musician, you don't have to be in a fucking band that's touring around the, all around the country when you have a 9 to 5. But you can have a, a cover band that plays on the weekends. And also remember that to be successful, like when you master a craft and you master your success because that is making you happy, mastering that craft and being able to express it and however it is, whether it's at a concert, at competition or at an open mat and <clears throat> a different um, or playing in a league on the soccer team you have to become your own master of that success of that happiness of that balance but you have to remain a student of life because curveballs are going to come monkey wrenches are going to come sometimes boomerangs come swinging and come back again if it's true that boomerangs do that shit but you have to remain a student you have to keep learning all the time it's always a learning process we're going then that's why 
we're going to keep failing in life over and over and over because we're trying to learn. We have to keep learning more and more and more. We can't give up on the, on the student just like we can't give up on the little child, the, that kid that we have inside. And we have to be hungry for that, avid, you know, to get more knowledge, to get, um, to really have knowledge, like they say knowledge is power. When you have that knowledge, you can learn also, or you can have the power to control or at least diminish your ego and quiet it out for a little bit. Because now you really know about stuff. So you don't need to show off. If you ever walk into um, a jiu-jitsu dojo or a gym, there is an immense show of appreciation for you being there. There's an immense sense of respect from everybody that is there and there's also that symbiotic relationship where everybody that's teaching it's also learning and one of the things that is beautiful about jiu-jitsu is that it doesn't matter if there are third degree black belts purple belts blue belts with stripes all of them were white belts at a point the first time that they walked onto those mats every single person that's in that room that day when you walk in was a white belt at one point a fresh fresh know nothing about jiu-jitsu grappling self-defense white belt and every single day we all learn from each other we all learn from each other two weeks ago we had a special class with uh, professor professor tom cronin and he was saying i consider myself a baby blue belt And I think Tom is a third or four degree black belt. can't remember right now. And he said that, and I'm like, a baby black belt. The guy's a monster. If you ever have a chance to watch him compete or watch his videos on YouTube or come to the Academy, the Carson Gracie Academy in Marietta. You can see how much of a good jiu-jitsu player he is, but not only that, how jiu-jitsu has shaped his life and how he gives back to his students. The sacrifices that he does for his students and for his academy and he has a school that it's full of great professors 
and great students too. And I am super fortunate to have walked into into the life of jiu-jitsu. And it is such a beautiful experience and such a beautiful opportunity to learn from failing. Because when you walk there as a white belt and you don't know anything about it, even white belts are going to tap you out. And you're going to get tapped and tapped and tapped. It doesn't matter if you're a black belt. You're going to get tapped. And it's almost like ridiculous to think like, what, you're a black belt and you're still getting tapped? Yeah. And black belts are still learning. And when you have guys like Tom Cronin and my uh, my other professor, Tino Martinez, the last time he went to a competition and lost, he was furious. He didn't take that very, very lightly. And Tom commented on, on his uh, social media post after the fight and said, I love how you wear your emotions on your sleeve and how you're going to take this as an opportunity of growth and smash for the next competition. And that's how they see it. It's an opportunity to just reset, refocus, and recalibrate, like Jocko said. By the way, Jocko and my professor, Tino Martinez, used to do jiu-jitsu together. I think Jocko was like a blue or purple belt when Tino was a white belt. And somebody posted something about Jocko on social media, and Tino said that Jocko and Dean Lester <laughs> used to like violate him for years. But now Tino's a black belt, just like Jocko and just like Dean. And he's a monster. And he keeps learning and learning and learning. And he also gives back. Right now he's training a special team. And uh, he's just passing back all that. And that, for me, is also success when you're able to give back your knowledge, give back that sense, that knowledge is power, and that you can be successful at things when, when you really love them, when you love to do them. So, don't hang your head low. Keep it high. Keep pushing. Keep striving every single day. Sometimes you're not going to sleep eight hours. Sometimes it's going to be five, four hours. But if you fucking want it, you got to do it. It doesn't matter. And... Remember, if you lose, if you fail, if you didn't pass the test, if you didn't get the promotion, if you didn't get that bonus, 
if you got tapped out like Donald Trump said sometimes by losing a battle you may find a new way to win the war so hate him or love him and whatever he has done to achieve the levels of success that he has that guy has not stopped bankruptcies legal um, lawsuits claims of whatever he's still fucking kicking and knocking down walls and apparently one is gonna fucking build one anyways um, keep your head up high nothing wrong with failing nothing wrong with losing nothing wrong with stepping back just learn how to rebuild from the destruction like learn how to rise up from your own ruins you know just get up But don't be soft. You don't need to be soft. But get up. Get up and keep kicking. Build character out of your out of your ruins. Don't throw pity parties. Build character. You know? Don't redirect. Don't project the blame either. Just build strength from it. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you stronger. And If it cuts and it makes you bleed and you have that scar, and sometimes it's not the scar in the skin, but in our hearts and our souls, it's always going to be there to remind us that we're not there anymore. We're not that person anymore. We're fucking ahead. We're fucking kicking. We're smarter. We're stronger. We're more determined. We're more motivated. And just focus on the variables that you can control to execute your plan, whatever it is. If you're going back to school, if you want to become the best fucking guitar player in the world, if you want to become the next Leo Messi, just go. Focus on what you can do. Focus on the variables that you can control. And keep going. Keep rolling. Keep getting tapped out. That's where the juice is. Get tapped out. Get tapped out. Get tapped out. And little by little, acquire knowledge. Acquire knowledge. One day, you're going to tap him out. You're going to tap him out. You're going to tap him out and keep tapping him. You're going to learn more. And then, make sure that when you tap them out you also teach them and you learn from them make sure that when you play that electrifying solo on the guitar be humble about it and teach if you have students always stay humble don't be soft don't be indifferent and don't take failure as a As a, as a good thing, you know, don't get 
used to it. Like Crone Gracie said, it's like, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. You know? When we lose or fail, we shouldn't deflate ourselves, but we should, you know, get hungrier. Hungrier and motivated to seek for more knowledge. You know, for practice more, research more, study more. Train more, train harder, try harder, try the hardest, give it all. Exhaust yourself looking for the answers, if that's what you really want to do. Exhaust yourself training, sweat it fucking out. Make those lungs burn, but go and get it. Don't say, oh yeah, I lost, it's okay. I'll see if I win next time. No, keep fucking pushing. Because if we don't experience that, like what it is to leave it all, to give it your maximum effort, even if we lose, we're never going to be able to know how far we can go. Simple as that. You know, and I know a lot of people hate this, but even when we give it all and we lose, we just means that we can still learn and we can still grow, right? Sometimes by losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. Didn't expect to be quoting <laughs> Trump, but I was just watching... Um, what was I watching? I think, yeah. Uh, was it The Rock? I think, yeah, it was The Rock on one of his workouts. And in between clips, they put that caption, they inserted that caption in, in, the, in the little video that he, was, that he posted on <coughs> YouTube, I think it was. And it's, I mean, it's totally true. You can lose a battle, but you don't have to lose the war. Now, because of that loss of that battle, maybe you can change your approach, reconsider certain things, and get those motherfuckers. Win the war. Win the war. It's the only war that you should go to. It's the only war that you should fight. The war for your happiness, the war for your success. And it's the only war that is fought with love. Love yourself, take care of yourself, be compassionate towards yourself, so then you can love others, be nice to others, be compassionate with others. Don't be an asshole. Be good. Take care. Peace and love. I'm out.